Re, re, uh, <laughs> doing it again. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mighty Rewind. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a movie and a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. You got Brian here. And you've got Jeff. Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know what was going on there at the beginning. Uh, this week, uh, we watched uh, the last movie in our Three Wishes trilogy. Um, I chose The Labyrinth, a movie from 1986, uh, directed by Jim Henson, written by Dennis Lee, Jim Henson, and Terry Jones, starring David Bowie, Jennifer Connelly, and others. Um, I This movie has been like a like a pop culture hole, like gap that I have. You know, like this is like one of those beloved 80s children's classics that people from the 90s also really like because you know they were raised with it and I just had I just never watched it never you know just never I don't know never took the time and so when we started talking about wish movies I was like okay well I know this one has a wish in it so let's give it a shot um I thought it was fine I was more I think uh, the movie didn't really, you know, it was fine. It was clearly a kid's movie. I'm an adult man. You know, like I don't, you know, it wasn't, it didn't blow my mind in any way, but I did love all the puppetry of it. So knowing that Jim Henson worked on it, I started looking at other movies he had done outside of like Muppets um, and uh, saw The Dark Crystal, which is another movie I had never seen that also got a Netflix series based off of it. And I went and watched both of those after this movie because I was so inspired to uh, to follow through because I like the puppetry so much. So my glowing review of this movie is that I liked it fine enough that I went and watched other movies by the director. Uh, so yeah, anyway. but you're you're guilty of uh, watching stuff even if you don't like it. So um, that's true. Well, that's you know it's not the necessarily ac- academic in review. me. It's the academic in me. <laughs> I want to. I got to know what what's going on with it, right? So like, um, oh, I didn't enjoy this thing with these muppets in it. I'm going to try something else just to confirm that. All right, now I've got right, two that things also that also has puppets in it. We're going to try liked, a third one. I thought the Dark Crystal and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance was fine. It is very strange. It is one of the strangest things I've ever seen, but it is I I enjoyed it enough that I watched the whole series, so um Jeff, what did you think of the labyrinth? Or I think it's just called labyrinth, not the. There's no the. Sort of like Facebook after Justin Timberlake got his hands on it or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Um, definitely more for the for the puppetry for the uh, practical effects than anything. I got, uh, the plot's fine. Um, I like David Bowie for some of his music, but he can be a bit eccentric for me, um, and. Uh, I don't know. It was uh, strange watching it kind of, to some extent, kind of fetishized a young girl. Uh, yeah, very weird. Hey, quickly, how do you guys feel about just jumping in full spoilers right off the bat? Because this movie's from 1986. Yep. You guys good with that? All right. Full spoilers for this movie and any other movie. I'm sorry. We're probably going to spoil something that you wanted to watch. So just be aware of that going forward. Brian? Oh, sorry, Jeff, you can continue. Yeah, you so I, I, I liked it um, for what it was. Definitely uh, don't see myself throwing it on really ever again. I think it was, I think I got everything I needed to see out of it from watching it. I've now seen it twice. Uh, and uh, Sorry, you had seen it before? I or had. Or did you watch it again? With- so so I, I watched it when I first started dating my girlfriend. This is a movie that she really cherishes. And so I watched oh, it. Really? Um, yeah, and... So I watched it three or four months ago, um, and it was interesting. And then I watched it again last weekend um, or this weekend. Yeah, um, entertaining. Uh, I it was 
I don't know what else to say about it. I really like the practical effects. The plot's a little bit uh, wishy-washy with jumping back and forth between different characters and whatnot. I mean, as far as like the protagonist just kind of getting, doesn't really have a lot of agency, just kind of the plot just kind of develops around her and she just kind of finds where she needs to be, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. But that's typical for a kid's movie. Um, you're not going to see a lot of uh, nuance. I, you know, it's a, it's a shoestring plot, very thin, uh, but whatever. That's not that, you know, it's a fairy tale, right? Brian, what did you think? You're probably the one I figured while watching. I was like, Brian's going to be very critical of this. I can feel Mm. it. (laughs) Uh, So for people who haven't seen it, it's Muppets meets Alice in uh, meets. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. Alice in Wonderland or. um, It's any one of those like weird fantasy portal. uh, Wizard of Oz type, you know, Mm -hmm. protagonist female wandering around by herself in a strange land type thing. Yeah. I, I found some some things that I enjoyed from this movie, but overall, uh, I think just saying David Bowie's too eccentric for me as well is is a good way to sum it up. That he's that a is... weird dude, man. He was a weird dude. And but and do like... you like his music? Because you're so for those who don't know the listener at home, Brian is quite a fan of that like '80s pop, like synth pop stuff, like sound. Very uh, specific Prince. examples of it: Prince and my, MJ, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Prince and Michael Jackson, but Michael, like David Bowie, is just like the English parallel to them. Right? I don't like, think I've I mean, ever he's... latched onto anything that David Bowie's put out. Um, and I'll say this: his little musical segments in this were the weirdest parts of the movie that I thought did nothing to add to the movies at all. It, it felt like David Bowie was like, "I'm in this movie, and therefore I get to sing during it, and." you're all going to sit there and enjoy it. And it was just bizarre. It was, Oh yeah. I was not enjoying his musical stuff at all. My first note in this is David Bowie music videos are very strange. Like I just didn't understand. They just kept stopping for him to just do these musical numbers that it was like, are these like, what is, is this like a music? Like, I don't understand what's happening. So remind me if are one of you- Are they aware sh- he's singing? Yeah, I don't know. exactly. Uh, so remind me if one of you showed this to me, but there is an, an incredible YouTube video where one of his songs gets the music taken out of it and they just have oh, like yeah. the sound effects it's, of him dancing around. Oh, dancing in I, the street. Yeah, it's the dancing in the street. Uh, it's, I'm obsessed with that video. It's one of the funniest things ever. Incredible. And I got to tell Mick you, Mick Jagger it's... and David Bowie oh, dancing around and it like has their <laughs> sneakers squeaking and them like, uh, 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 uh. like there's no music. <laughs> it's so good. But anyway, uh, I think it's broken me for David Bowie. I can't watch that dude dancing around without thinking about it. <laughs> So I was having uh, a really hard time with him in Goblin being a tire. You like. should see the ones of that um, with Elvis. Those are probably actually more my favorite because wow. it okay. his, it makes you really appreciate how bad he was at dancing. <laughs> so apparently, the, I maybe you were the one that told me this then uh, that David Bowie was shown that video and thought it was absolutely brilliant and like, oh, was did, such a good no. sport about it because it's so funny. <laughs> I didn't. I did not know that, but. I hope that's true. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I will say rest in peace, David Bowie. You definitely have like a lasting influence on music and culture. And like, I can appreciate that, but yeah, I will say I am not a huge David Bowie fan. I have tried multiple times to go and listen to his catalog to see what it is that people are appreciating that I am missing. And it just isn't obviously there's songs that I can, I completely understand like why they've lasted. Right. Um, but then other songs, I'm just sort of like, I don't really get it. And to be honest, I just don't particularly think he has that good of a voice. So I don't really get sure. that. You, you don't have to like him. I mean, artists are, you know, not for everybody. And I, I feel sorry. the same exact way. Um, you know, hey, legend in your own right. Um, not my cup of tea, typically. And I'll say this, man, it was it was taken away from the film in some ways. I'm like, man, I feel like you could cut this whole scene out and the movie would be better. Um, mm-hmm. Like it did nothing to advance storyline. It did nothing to, you know... Uh, make anything more enjoyable. Um, I will say the the stuff that uh, stood out to me was great. Was I thought there was some really great, like just like little short slapstick humor and stuff. Um, I I was really enjoying some of the uh, the little side characters, even just from the beginning with the goblins being like, "She didn't say it. Did she say it?" You know, like there was some I, really good dialogue back and forth that I thought was uh, entertaining. Yeah, I liked that bit with the the Muppets. Quickly, before we move on too far, Jeff, are you a fan of David Bowie? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like some of his songs. I'm not going to say that I like his entire discography, but 
definitely uh, five or six of his songs that I have on my <laughs> liked playlist and have for a while. The, yeah, his number ones yeah, from each album. Absolutely. He has like one song from each album that I will say is like a banger, but then every other song on that album is just not for me. You know, like yeah, I'm just not. I don't get it. But yeah, anyway, definitely, definitely his classics, definitely his greats, the things that he's certainly known for. It's not like um, I've done a deep dive and can say, you know, <clears throat> oh no, his undiscovered oh off his third album at this specific track is his best music not that popular stuff right like sure yeah the b-side yeah. to Starman is exactly. incredible yeah no that's sure that's so i mean back to the film i i think um that to sum it up i was finding real enjoyment in the side characters and some of that little side dialogue uh that wasn't really important it was just kind of adding to the movie and enhancing scenes mm -hmm. Uh, the two things I, I enjoyed least about this movie were the two main characters. Um, Hogwarts? David Bowie. No, no, no. Oh. David Bowie as the Goblin King and honestly, Jennifer Connelly as Sarah, the lead. I, I don't think she did a whole lot either. I, you know, she was just kind of wandering around, you know, stumbling through the dark essentially. And so I, the side characters were great. Um, there was some humor there. She, she didn't add anything to the humor. She didn't add anything to shit. She didn't even have like a singing part that, you know... You so know, she did have David a, Bowie. So. Fun fact number one: she did have a song. It got cut. <laughs> oh, fascinating! Yeah, so I, you know, the thing, the things I enjoy most about Jennifer Connelly uh, are irrelevant to this movie because she was twelve or whatever. So, um, you know. I will say, yeah, I if I had seen this movie as a child, I think she would. You would have crushed I would have on had her, a sure. big crush on. And I'm her sure that probably happened with kids around America, but I, I mean, yeah, I love Jennifer Connelly. I think she's an incredible actress. I also think very beautiful one of the most beautiful women on the planet but i agree this role for her i'm like wow i don't know how she built a career after this no, she fell flat <laughs> this, dude she was terrible this performance is annoying like she is such an annoying character she's just like whining the whole time hogwarts or whatever hoggle hoggle yeah so guys like hoggle and what was the big guy lugo or whatever yeah, so Ludo. Ludo. Ludo, yeah. Um, I enjoyed them. The door knockers, you know, when one of them can't hear because it's got the thing in its ear and the other uh, one has the yeah. thing in its mouth. Like, I was enjoying all those little side characters and, like, all the little mm -hmm. goblins running around were great. Um, you know, I just I, – I could totally see if they ever, like, remade something like this. Toss out the musical crap. You know, find a, 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 a lead that can convey some emotion and then really drum up those side characters as the selling point of the film. I You know, I, I enjoyed I will that say aspect. I think we have all said at this point now the world that they create in here was by far the most interesting part of it. Super right? cool. Like yeah. I, I think like yeah, all the creatures that door knocker thing, um, the weird little wall goblin, <laughs> super Alice in like, Wonderland, -esque. come inside and hang out with me or whatever. Yeah. And then, like yeah, I just there's so many parallels to Alice in Wonderland where like as she goes into each scene she's finding something unique i mean shit she's even talking to a doorknob in one of the scenes mm -hmm. you know and trying to figure out how to get through the door um you know and the caterpillar and and you know it's like the old wise man with the talking bird hat um i like the one with the knights that are like we can't one of uh one of us always lies and one of us always tells the truth or whatever yeah. and like they're like dipping behind their shields and talking to each other yeah. and what shit. Do, like what I do i say yeah that was I great. thought that was so funny. Yeah. yeah. I like that the that way great. Hoggle is introduced, he's just like taking a piss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a I total that was so funny. <laughs> he's a total mad hatter type. Um yeah. you know, parallel. It's I there's a lot of, of um favorable parallels to Alice in Wonderland that I thought worked. Um, but there was just some weird nineteen eighties decisions made that I think you know, a remake would would totally uh benefit cutting. I will say one of the reasons I and one of the other reasons I wanted to watch this is I know Brian and I are both new parents and I am sort of cataloging movies based on like when I think my son will be able to watch them and like is this going to be too scary for him is are the themes going to be too intense for him like what will he pick up on and like so I wanted to because I had never seen this and it is considered like a children's classic I wanted to kind of gauge where I thought it would fit into it, into his, you know, when he's going to be able to watch movies, right? And I don't know that I have come to a consensus on, like, what when I think he'll be old enough to watch it. But I do think that I will definitely 
watch it with him because I would like to see the wonder in his eyes when all of the puppetry and like that, that sort of practical effect of it all. I think that it looks really cool. And I think I would have really enjoyed it as a child, you know, seeing that, that sort of stuff. So Brian, how did you feel about that with like maybe watching this again with your daughter some at some point? I, I you know, I, I'm just starting to get my head around stuff like that and realizing that, you know, some of these movies need to get screened, especially ones from the eighties. Um, you know, yes. in, in those time frames, I think stuff will slip through that you don't realize is uh questionable. Yeah, David, but. David Bowie's cod piece in there is very sexual. You know what I mean? Like it's sure. drawing a lot of attention to his penis. Um, you know, that being said, I mean, movies like this are, are fun. I think at certain ages, I, you know, I would say, you know, maybe closer to like eight, nine, 10 rather than four, five, six kind of thing. But, you know, um, it's fun. It's one of those just fun adventures, like the ones I keep drawing parallels to, you know, Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, stuff like that. But, um, you know, I'll say this in terms of incredible films in the golden year of 1986, including uh, Hoosiers for sports, Highlander for adventure. Uh, what else do I got here? Little Shop of Horrors. I mean, come on. Classic. You didn't even like that movie. No, I made you Ferris watch it. Bueller's Day Off. Give me a break. Like just absolute uh, goldmine of a year for a film. Um, you know, this one is probably not highest on the list for sure. Highlander, and she can watch that at four. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, how did this movie do on Rotten Tomatoes, Brian? This movie actually did better than I thought it was going to. On Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. 75% fresh tomato meter. That's from critics? Yep, and 86% audience score. Audience score, I, I'm i honestly surprised it's that low because of how well-regarded wow. this movie seems to be. You know what I mean? Like, I just think, I think this is one of those movies that I hear people kind of talk about as, like, one of their favorite movies from growing up, you know? So I just feel like I would have expected people to be looking back on this with that nostalgia and reviewing it you know, with rose colored glasses. Right. Um, this movie was a box office bomb guys, $25 million budget. First of all, I, I don't know that anyway, it only grows. I don't know if it's adjusted for inflation. I I mean, I'm just looking at Wikipedia, so I doubt it. Um, and then it grossed only (laughs) 12.9. So if you assume that the budget is $25 million to make the film, double it for marketing, which they probably didn't double it for marketing back then, but, you know, rule of thumb, right? But then, so that's $50 million and it only made twelve. So that's quite a loss for uh I just whoever, don't understand how people look at this so favorably this. looking back. I mean, I, I'm sure I've got, yeah, we were just shitting on Liar Liar last week or, you know, two weeks ago, but, you know, and that's a film that we grew up watching, but at the same time, like... I, I don't know. Like this is, I think we're calling it for what it is now. We're not looking back and being like, oh, liar, liar, classic movie from Mike. We were like, man, I'm kind of surprised we like this, you know, or like the, I'm surprised these things didn't show through that we're now noticing or whatever. And I, I'm surprised that people still have rose colored glasses on this movie. I mean, is there something in this that you found inappropriate or like that didn't age well? I don't, I don't, I guess the, I don't know. Was there? I don't remember like Jennifer Connelly ever like seeming to be sexualized or anything like that in this movie. I which think I'm more kind speaking to just the general quality of the movie is something that they're looking back on and still finding favorable. I, you know, I think there are some winning things, but you have not heard me say that there was a positive in in terms of the actual human acting. Uh, you know, right now I'm just giving all credit to Jim Henson's puppeteering. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and the the world building itself, which I'm guessing is also a Henson thing. I don't, I don't really know. So this movie, uh, Jeff, I don't know if this is part of your fun facts here, but um, it was Brian Froud did sort of, he's an illustrator. He does like a bunch of like fairy illustrations that are based on like old English and uh, Irish and uh, like Germanic fairy tales. So he does that and he did a lot of the production design here. And then his son actually plays Toby, the baby, and his son's name is Toby Froud, so they didn't go too far off the path for the for the baby's name there. Toby has his own credits as a special effects um, supervisor or you know production mm-hmm. um, assistant in 
in his own right. He worked on most recently on the Oscar nominated uh, Pinocchio by Guillermo del Toro. He worked on the Dark Crystal uh, television series along with his dad, who also did the design for that. And then he's worked with Leica Studios up here in Portland, which is cool um, on like the Box Trolls, Paranorman, um, Missing Link, Kubo and the Two Strings. He worked on The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe in the costume department. Um, the guys just had like a really cool career in special effects um, throughout Hollywood following in his dad's footsteps after this and working with the Henson Company, which I think is really cool. I mean, as far yeah, as... So that's where that world building comes from. Sorry, as far Tom, as the, 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 the plot as well, essentially what it was was Jim Henson wanted to make an adaptation from uh, the author of Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, he wrote a book called Outside Over There, in which a young girl's baby sister gets kidnapped by goblins. And wait, 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 hold on. I want to test my memory. Is Where the Wild Things Are, Maurice Sendak? Maurice Sendak, is that, right? that is correct. Now, wow, that's off the top of my head. I want it known on and record that I did wait, wait, not wait, 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 wait. Let me test my memory. Is it is it a white-covered book with black drawings on it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow look at me <laughs> so they also in the original script had the monsters <laughs> in this world called wild things um mm. until marie sendak threatened legal action because he did not approve of the film um and they had going they actually ended up going through 25 different revisions of the script just bringing in script writers but the guy who was the final script writer was like oh i've made so many changes to this thing that i'm only going to credit myself um at the end interesting that is very interesting so that's one of the fun facts out there um yeah another good is the actually i think my favorite song in the the entire film uh the magic dance two fun facts about this one the the song starts off with david bowie and you know going back and forth saying hey you remind me of a man what man the man with the power what power power of the hoodoo hoodoo you do right uh Apparently, they took all of that from a Cary Grant, Shirley Temple film. <laughs> like, oh, word, word for word, they took all of that from a Cary Grant, uh, Shirley Temple film, um, which I did not expect. On top of that, that is a very weird fact now, to find out about this movie. On top of that, they, this like, one might even be weirder. Lyrics. The, the baby noises, like the squeaking and squealing that you hear in the film, are David Bowie. Because he didn't like the way that the baby sounded. He didn't feel like the actual baby noises that they had recorded were real enough. <laughs> so he went into the studio and he recorded baby noises instead and had those edited in. That one feels like a joke someone came up with and put on the internet to see if we'd believe it. That doesn't sound right, but maybe. I don't know. That's what they said. Um, how strange. Um, what was your guys' favorite scene this movie had a lot of set pieces in like weird in like weird sort of environments was there anything that you guys were like well that was like a really cool look or the door know, just the like... door knockers i thought were sick yeah i thought yeah. they were sick i was kind of like able to ignore the 80s special effects and just enjoy them for what they were and what they were trying to accomplish there which is just having talking door knockers i thought they did a really good job with it um you know, and I thought it, it was funny the way that like she's like trying to put it back in its mouth, and he's like, mm -mm. so she holds it. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. I was, was like, I, I was really enjoying. I it. really enjoyed that scene. I thought that was good. Um, you know, I I think just the imagination that shows through in this as well. You got to give him a lot of credit because you know you watch Alice in Wonderland, and and what everyone gives credit to is the fact that the writer was on an acid trip or whatever the whole time he was writing it or whatever it was or LSD. And he was just like a disturbed person. Uh, but, so he may not have been on hallucinations, but that is sort of the rumor, right? But the thing that everyone loves about it is just the pure imagination that shows through. You're like, how did someone even come up with the concept of this stuff in their mind to create this world? And it's the same thing with Labyrinth, I think. It's just, there's just so much zany stuff that pops up. Like you're a perfect example of those uh, those door guardians with the shield and they're like, you know, some of them are upside down and right side up and one of them can speak truth and one of them always lies. Like that was just a fun imaginative moment of interaction that like you can really kind of just go like, oh, this is fun to kind of try to wrap my head around. Yeah. Um, Jeff, did you have a you favorite know, so, one? Oh, sorry, Brian. No, I was just going to just say like, I think that's that's got to be my pick. Um, 
yeah i mean I, looking into the details of the film gives me additional appreciation I, I gotta say i did i was i did like the helping hands musical number with like just the hundreds of hands that they show on screen that was like, my favorite into, and it turns out that that is all like practical effects those are actual hands that they went through and created hundreds of and it's like a massive puppeteering effort people stayed up for day and night to uh to make all of them on time in order to meet the production schedule and they got it done right you're talking about the pit where all the hands are making faces right yeah Yeah. i thought that was incredible i was blown away i like rewound that scene because it's just like what the hell is going on here like this is so cool the way that like they all there's so many different faces and sometimes like a fist makes a nose and like i just i was blown away by that i thought it was so good um yeah really impressive um was there like a least favorite anyone had i found the siege in the town with like all the different like the houses and all that i found that to be like overwhelming i was just like what Dude, is i was like i would here? grab a goblin and just be street sweeping with it man like i just <laughs> did not understand why they were so threatened yeah by those little goblins so i i think some of that is just you have to just allow yeah. it to, them to be more menacing than what they appeared to be it's a, a suspension of disbelief for sure but i just I've, i found it like i was like this is there's too much happening here i don't really get like i'm not enjoying it there's not enough imagination it's just kind of like weird like i don't know it doesn't work for me i I don't know why mine might be a little irrational, but I really just hated how the first like thing that she discovers with the labyrinth is like she can't figure out which way to go. And the guy's just like, no, it's right there. And then she like it suddenly it's like three dimensional. I'm like, I'm pretty sure standing there physically, <laughs> you'd be able to tell depth in the wall. Um, but it's magic. That's the idea, right? Sh- sure. It's about like trusting, I think. I don't know. I, I did struggle. I was trying to find like the theme of this movie. And I was like, is it temptation? Is it just growing up? Like, what does the Goblin King represent? You know, like fairy tales typically work off of metaphors. Right. And this yeah, is clearly famous. right. This is clearly inspired by several. But like, what is the moral of this? And I honestly, at the end, I just don't even think there was one. I think it's just about a girl Go, growing yeah. up. Like, yeah, going out on a limb, maybe it's just like, be careful what you wish for, or, you know, like appreciating what you have, right? Because, I mean, the moment that she, you know, makes her frustrated wish that her brother Toby would disappear and he's gone, you can see she's like, oh shit. Like, that's not what I actually wanted, right? Like, I just wanted him to stop crying or inconveniencing me or whatever. I didn't want him to vanish completely. And,. You know, I, I I don't know if she's a much better character by the end of the film, which is the issue. I don't think she had a whole lot of character development because, <laughs> I mean, the end is just like, oh, all my puppet friends are here to jump around on the bed with me instead of like, you know, her actually feeling like she's progressed in any way. Like, I almost feel like all of her character growth happened in the first five minutes when she wishes him to go away and then goes, oh, that's not what I wanted. I just realized I made a huge mistake. Like, Gotta go get it back. Yep. Yeah, I fucked up. And, but like, I don't know if there's... From the from the character that realizes she messed up to the character she's at the end, you know, after going on her journey, I don't think she really changed very much. And and so I don't know. I, I maybe just to be careful what you wish for type. Yeah. Story. I think so too. Uh, I, it's yeah. It's kind of tough. Jeff, did you have any reads on theme in this at all? No. Um. I. No. Um. I think this film's too simplistic, really, to to dig for any real meaning. It's clearly meant for kids, which is really where Jim Henson kind of lives. The themes are very overt in that it's it's literally just about growing up, right? Yeah. For me, the main theme was just responsibility and how you can't run from it, um, right? I mean, that's her whole thing is I want to go be a child when you actually have responsibilities to look after something else. You don't get to do the things that you want to sometimes you don't have that luxury um and it's just about that that growing up that maturity is kind of the overt message and and if you look at jim henson's other works that's kind of what he drives home is he just kind of picks some one overt topic and throws it in your face yeah cool sounds good uh anyone else have any other thoughts they wanted to make sure we address before we move on I think that's it for this movie. I don't have much more to say about it. Cool. All right. So in this movie, the main character makes a wish that is 
a terrible thing to do to somebody, right? Like she's mad, she does something, and she immediately regrets it. Now, I wanted for my brothers to come up with wishes that are terrible things to do to people. Now, obviously, I wish you were dead. I wish you had cancer, whatever. Those are by far the worst. Those are not what we're doing. But, like, what is the worst thing that you could wish upon, like, your worst enemy? Who wants to start? Who's got a good one? I've got some good ones, but uh, let me let me see what you guys have come up with first. All right. Because I know mine are money. Uh, I wish. Go ahead. Get that every time you looked at an elect, elect, a screen... All you see is Jim Henson's <laughs> The Labyrinth. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cold, dude. I don't just, understand. Just the David Bowie <laughs> musical parts. Yeah. <laughs> just the, but no music in the background, just the squeaking. <laughs> no, that's funny. Just, I want the music. I wish that Jeff would always hit every red light anytime he's going anywhere in the car. In the Bay Area. <laughs> Ever. In his life, he just always hits the red light at every stoplight. <laughs> Joke's on you. I love to sing in the car. More time to singing. <laughs> I wish that no matter how many times Brian wiped his butt, there was always a little bit of brown on the toilet paper. <laughs> oh, that's cold. <laughs> I would just embrace it at that point. <laughs> I wish that Tyler would spend an eternity feeling like sneezing. But not being able to. <laughs> I'm trying just to like the, I'm trying just to like the, that like uh, oh that my God. feeling just forever. Yeah. Oh, just, that's terrible. Oh. <laughs> that is bad. What do you got? John? You know those really uh those really painful like inner inner nostril blemishes? Like they just really hurt and yep. there's not much you can do about them. And it looks like you're picking your nose when you're messing with them. I wish that you both just have one of those forever. <laughs> I actually don't think I know what you're talking about, but I'm I, I can understand through context. Jeff, you got a good one? Uh I wish that every time that you brush your teeth or drink something that you spill a little bit on whatever shirt you're wearing. Damn, someone already hit me with that one. That's just oh. like my day to day life. I literally always have yesterday I put on a brand new shirt that I just got in the mail and literally spilled coffee on it immediately i was so upset i i like never learned how to drink out of a cup i don't know what the hell is wrong with me uh i wish that jeff's socks were always loose and fell down off of his heel inside of his shoes oh my god i wish that every time that you go to plug a usb thing into a usb port it takes no less than eight tries <laughs> that's that's my day to day yeah i got brian with that years ago <laughs> i wish i wish that every time you walk through a new room you would hit a cobweb <laughs> every time it's a lot of cobwebs that every is new a room. lot of cobwebs you got a dirty ass house um brian i wish that no matter how much you work out you just always have love handles that hang over oh, your underwear that's hard. it's hard <laughs> i'm currently dealing with that right now i have these i, I wish too much weight during kelly's pregnancy and now i'm working off my own baby weight yeah. <laughs> and i have these I, very persistent love handles that i am having a really <laughs> hard time getting rid of all right i wish that no matter how early you left the house you're always one minute late to whatever you're trying to get to <laughs> <laughs> our dad has that um uh brian no who did i hit last brian jeff i wish that no matter what story you're telling the name of the person you're trying to talk about their name is just oh, like on the tip of your tongue you. yeah it's just, just right can't. there it's just like, ah it's uh yeah i wish that and when someone tries to give you the right answer you're convinced that it's not the right one yeah like, even no, though it is yeah, yeah, even when it is. Yeah, I wish oh. that upon you. For every story, forever. No I wish what. that every time you go grocery shopping for the rest of your life, you get the slowest checkout counter. Like the the one that just likes to talk to everybody. Dude. And it just doesn't matter. If you switch to another lane, that person becomes the slowest. I wish can't that, get away from it. I wish that five minutes before you complete an important project, your computer goes through a manual restart and you lose all your progress. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
that's that's a violent one. That's actually maybe too brutal. <laughs> um, Brian, I wish that all of your flights from here on out are delayed by one hour, but not until oh. after you get to the airport. Oh my god, there's just no way to plan for that. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I wish that for whatever reason you somehow only get middle seats. <laughs> Even if you book a aisle seat, they, right. they rebook you. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's a full seat, full flight, and uh, we actually double booked that seat, so we moved you to the middle seat. That's right. Um, I wish that there was just a, a endless supply of glitter in your air conditioning. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Brian's, Brian's got this one, but I wish that... Uh, Every time you guys go to see a, a movie that you're really excited about, the real breaks. <laughs> that has happened to Brian kind of a weird amount of times. So. I would just, it has happened to me before. <laughs> I, I would just stay home. Like, I just don't need to go to the theater anymore. I think that's a more inconvenient one for Tyler. That would be because I love the movie theater. Um, got one. All right. One this more. One's for Tyler. This one's for Tyler as well. I wish that. Anytime you wear shoes, there's just this tiny little rock in them that you just can't get out. You can just feel it in there, but you can never find it. I honestly do have that issue because I wear high tops pretty much exclusively. Like all of my shoes are boots or high tops. And it's really inconvenient if once you've got them on and you stand up, you realize there's a pebble in them. So I just kind (laughs) of have learned to deal with it. I just like kind of wiggle my foot a little bit so it goes up to the toes and then I just deal with it for the rest of the day. Um, But yeah, that is that is very unfortunate. I hate that feeling. Um, I hope that every table you eat at is slightly wobbly, no matter how many coasters you put under the leg. Oh. Isn't that the worst feeling? I hate it at restaurants. I'm like, how do you guys not have this fixed? Yeah, this is, I actually should sue you for this because this is uh, incredibly annoying. I am paying you for this meal and this is the worst experience of my life. <laughs> All right, you guys want one that's brutal? Not yet. Uh, maybe. <laughs> sure. I wish I wish that every night you whisper your ex's name in your sleep. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. That's, that's that's bad. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's one of those ones where you could just explain, like, "Yo, I'm, I'm not dreaming about it. <laughs> My brother just hit me with a bad wish." <laughs> um, I wish f- from now on that none of your farts were silent. They can't get away with it in public. That's- that's my life, bro. Squeeze, <laughs> squeeze them cheeks, my friend. Never trust I, that fart. I wish. I wish you to always feel like you're forgetting something. Damn. Yeah, I have that. That's just that's just <laughs> called generalized anxiety disorder and Which I is crank, cranked up to like that. cranked up to 100 so that you're just like that's you like know, literally taking time to figure out what it is. I feel like you Every don't time. have to wish that upon most of America. I think we're all sort of operating at that level at all times. But um, uh I'm trying I'm off the top of my head now. I mm. wish that your bottom half is freezing and that your top half is overheating. (laughs) (laughs) Some interesting outfits going on. You get some (laughs) tank tops with some fleece pants. (laughs) I wish that for the rest of your life, you have one leg that's just asleep. Or maybe not asleep, but that like that feeling feels like coming out of wishing that fucking tingling feeling. Fuck yeah, me, the, pins the, and needles. <laughs> kill me, yeah, just yeah. fucking kill me. The, t- the tingling as it comes as it wakes back up. <laughs> that would be horrible, dude. I hate that feeling. It's the worst. I have bad circulation, so if I like sit on my leg during a meeting at work, I have to like limp out <laughs> when I'm done. It's miserable. Uh, All right, I, I got another one. I wish that you have. Stage fright in public restrooms. So anytime you have to go, no one else can be in there. Forever. Yeah. You already have that? (laughs) No, I don't. I definitely don't have that problem. (laughs) I'm the opposite. (laughs) I can only go when there's people around. (laughs) There's nobody here to watch me. There's no one here. I can't just pee loudly while grunting. Um, I wish that no matter how long that you spend on it, you're never fully satisfied with how your hair looks. 
Oh, wait, that's... are you? Is anybody satisfied with how their hair looks? Because I spend, I am someone who cares very much about how their hair looks. Usually, your hair looks good. Today, no, yeah, no, eh, yeah. <laughs> But for the most part, I'm always like, oh my god, this looks terrible. Even if I get compliments on it. Um, geez, I feel like I just had a good one and I lost it. I wish that you had the worst luck with zippers. Like either they're not pulling up or they don't do the thing where some of the teeth in the middle don't connect. So there's just like a little gap or they get snagged all every time. Oh my God. I I do wish for bad zipper luck. I do have a jacket that is a zipper jacket, right? And it gets snagged in so many places all the time. And I'm like, this is why would you design a jacket with this cheap of a zipper? If it's going to be a zipper closure, like just make it a button closure. If you're going to get cheap zippers, you know? It's annoying. And it also, I'm going to shout, I'm going to fucking call them out. It's from J. Crew, So it's not a cheap jacket. It was like a $200 jacket. It should fucking work. And I'm con, I like actively avoid wearing it, even though I spent $200 on it and it looks really nice. Anyway, I wish, I wish every time you order at a fast food restaurant, they get your order wrong <laughs> in the bag that they hand you. Just good, start saying, surprise me. It's a good thing I don't eat a lot of fast food or actually any fast food. But yeah. I wish that every time you go through a door, your pocket gets caught on the handle. Oh, man. Yo, I wish do you guys get phone... belt loops caught on handles a lot. That We've changed all of our handles to like the bar handles, right? So we like cha- put new doors in throughout the whole house and they always to be like knobs, right? But now they're like the... yeah. I get like, I'll just be walking by and it catches a belt loop and I'm like, holy shit. And it'll be holding my son. <laughs> like it's a dangerous occurrence. It's not good. <laughs> it's high stakes wish, in this house. I wish that your phone would disconnect from the Wi-Fi every 10 minutes. I think that happens at the office all the time, Brian. <laughs> my phone is I don't, I don't, I don't use the office Wi-Fi. I, I should yeah, stop. Have... It sucks. I'm not saying what office I work at, but it sucks for all the listeners at home. Our office Wi-Fi sucks. What, Jeff? I, I wish that you uh, always have a piece of spinach stuck in your teeth. Even if I don't eat spinach? Because I don't yeah. eat spinach. Just a permanent... <laughs> basically, just have a stained tooth at that point. Well, I wish that anytime you ever hear music again, it's David Bowie's Goblin King songs. <laughs> only. That's the only music you can ever That's listen brutal. to for the rest of your life. Take that back. I wish sick. I wish that anytime you hear a weird noise, you're the, you're the only one hearing it. You know that feeling of when you're like, "Do you hear that?" and other people acknowledge that they also hear it and that lessens the effect. I I wish that forever it was just you. Just only wishing you hear to, it. just wishing tinnitus on us. No, but it's not like constant. It's just like whenever it happens. You know what I mean? It's intermittent. It just happens from time to time. I have yeah. tinnitus and it's terrible. I would not, I would genuinely not wish that on anybody. I wish that every two minutes you hear a chirp. Yeah, but only in your head. That's the one I'm thinking of too. It's like the, that like a uh, fire alarm telling you your battery's dead thing. Yeah. Yep. I wish that every time you heat up food, it would only heat up on the outside. <laughs> but cold, the inside is always bowl, cold. Hot bowl, cold food. Yeah, uh, no, I just mean like the outside of the food can be warm, but the inside is just still like an ice block, you know. I wish that every time you heat up oatmeal in the microwave, it boils over onto the microwave and you have to clean it, Brian. Yeah, I mean, I just put a plate down, so I know. I wish that your pot just never boils. No, how dare you? I cook so much food that would that would genuinely cause me to die. I think because I just wouldn't be able to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I cook so much in boiling water. Uh, all right, how are we doing? Are we running out? No, I think that was an incredible list there. Okay, cool. If uh, the listener at home has any good ones or thinks that uh, one of those was the best, uh, hit us up. The Mighty Rewind Podcast at gmail dot com. Mighty Rewind Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you thought was the best and if we missed any. Do we good actually ones. post on there? I post some. Why? I guess I don't follow it. I don't have that presence. So I was just curious if we're actually posting. I mean, I'm not good at it. I don't have Instagram, my own personal Instagram anymore either. So 
I only use that and I don't use it that often. So slide into our DMs. Send us memes to post. (laughs) I will say listener Evan got in touch recently. Shout out Evan. What's up, up, listener Evan? (laughs) Still chugging along all these years later. He Um, just got married recently. Congratulations to you and the missus. Happy to hear that you guys are doing well. Uh, marriage is not all it's cracked up to be. It can be hard from time to time. So good job making it this far. Let's say it that way. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to, uh, what we've been watching, reading and listening to. Who's got a good list this week? Uh, I got a couple things. It is. Um, sorry, let me pull up my list. The first thing I want to talk about is I think it was Tyler that, Got into through a PlayStation original a couple of years back, Brian Michael Bendis's Powers, which is the comic book that put him on the map. It's a two season TV show that was a PlayStation original. I never watched it. Someone added it to our PlayStation, my PlayStation account, and I finally went through and watched it season one. I um, definitely downloaded it when we all lived together um, because I wanted to watch it, but I just never I never got around to it. But I heard it was terrible. It's entertaining. It's it's not great, right? It's low budget. Have it's, you read the comic? Because the comic is really good. Yeah, I, it's I it's interesting. Some actors you'd recognize. It's a decent story. Isn't story it, of like Charlotte Copley is the main character. Is that right? I don't I don't know the guy from so. District Nine or. Uh, I don't think it's him. He's South African. I don't know. I thought he was the main actor. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It might be. It looks like him. So it might be him, but it definitely has a different accent. But that could just be an acting thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> one of those but acting the things. Basic plot is uh, one of the world's top superheroes loses his powers fighting a supervillain and joins the police force in a uh, superpowered division. Um, and he's obsessed with getting his powers back. He's obsessed with you know helping the world however he can. And he knows all of these people that are at the top of this superhero and supervillain society. Um, entertaining. Uh, again, really low budget, but fun story. Yeah, uh, it's like a season one. crime noir, but in a superhero world. And the main character is actually not a superhero, which I think is a cool way of interacting with a superhero right. world. Sort of like the boys, but in yep. a more of a like police procedural um yeah sit, sit, uh, situation yeah the Boys, comic Jupiter is, circle it's it's right in that realm yeah comic is uh, a high recommend um i cannot remember the artist's name but um it's one of brian Mac- michael bendis's earliest works and uh kind of put him on the map and uh with good reason it was you know really 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 good yep um on top of that run. uh my girlfriend and I watched Vox Machina. They just released the final three episodes this last Thursday, uh, and we watched it all. It's entertaining. If you like Dungeons and Dragons, I would highly recommend the show. It's some of the best D and D content that's being put out there. Very entertaining, and they just they just put out the order for season two, which is um, or campaign two for um, uh, the Mighty Nine are getting their own TV show as well. That's going to run parallel, so that's super fun. And then for movies. I watched three movies this week. One threw on Teen Titans Go, the 2015 um, I watched joke that. cartoon. I watched that uh, a while Teen back. Titans, Teen Titans Go to the movies. It's childish, a little funny. Um, they had some pretty good jokes, like very meta humor, but they had yep. some pretty good meta humor yeah. in it, I thought. Premise being that uh, Robin of the Teen Titans desperately wants his own movie, but he's not important enough. And basically the super villain uh, it's just i don't know it's just all of these other dc characters are all being greenlit to get their own films including the batmobile and the utility belt but not robin and so he strives to become important enough and get his own arch nemesis so that he can earn his own film uh yeah based basic. on the teen titans go television series which is based on the teen titans television series uh-huh. what a strange what a strange run the Teen Titans have had in in entertainment, Animation. right? Isn't that so yep. strange? I, I don't get it, but it works. I don't know. I watched that movie and I actually thought it, I threw it on in the background and then I ended up sitting down and watching it because I thought it was pretty funny. So, yeah. Uh, last two I have uh, watched Ant-Man, Quantumadia. We're going to probably talk about that next week, Yeah, but uh, just wanted to, to shout out that I watched it. Just um, go ahead and just say, did you like it or did you not like it? 
Could have been better. That's what I'll say. All right. That's pretty much the consensus that I've seen. I've been trying to avoid reviews like The Plague, but you cannot do that while also being a fan of other movies and trying to just keep keep up with the news. But yeah, it's just uh, it's yeah. been everywhere. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, I sure. definitely have opinions. And then the last thing I did was I my girlfriend has never seen any of the Monty Pythons. So last night or yesterday, I rented Life of Brian and we watched that with my roommate and had a good laugh. I'm Brian and so is my wife. One of the funniest jokes ever written. Um, yeah, great, great movie. That is, I think, all right, in their top three, their main three movies, right? They're only three movies. Uh, that's that's not right, is it? Holy Grail, Life of Brian, and Meaning of Life are the only three movies that they put out. And then Cir- Flying Circus is just a TV show. It is the only three movies they did, isn't it? So, yeah, top three. Okay. Yeah. What are your? Okay. Well, how do you like them in order then? Sure. I mean, uh, meaning of life is really just a episodic kind of anthology where it's just a series of skits. It's basically more of a continuation of Flying Circus than it is an actual story I'm of aware. like a protagonist. I didn't ask so for I would, summaries. I asked for a list. I'd have to rank that third. I'd have to say I think Life of Brian has more consistent humor that holds up longer. I think Holy Grail is hilarious. But it loses its charm after you've seen it 15 times. At, at that point, you know, there's only a couple of scenes that continue to make me laugh. Whereas Life of Brian, I've actually seen more times. And I crack up every single fucking time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Life I of think Brian. I, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that list. I think Life of Brian and, is, you know, it's got my name on it. So yeah, that probably helps. Brian, what have you been watching, reading, listening to? Um, <clears throat> watched Black Panther 2 finally yesterday. Mm. Black Panther 2 dropped when my baby was born, so I didn't get to go see it in theaters. Um, But I managed to get it in yesterday with the wife. And I got to say, man, there were some creative decisions that I disagreed with. You got it in um, and then you watched the movie? Is that what you're saying? Sorry. During. Yeah. I kind of thought everyone did it during. Anyway. There were some creative decisions that I thought were big question marks for me or, or like were things that I found myself focusing on while I was trying to enjoy the, the film. All right. Let's quickly I, just say full spoilers for Wakanda Forever. Brian, we already Jeff and I already talked about it on the podcast yeah. about you. So what it, what was it that you... This is me playing catch up because I'm finally seeing it. Um, I thought they picked the wrong person to be the new Black Panther. I, I, I thought it. Sh- I thought it should have been the love interest, Nakia, the mm-hmm. one that was in I agree. Haiti I, or whatever. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, like Shuri makes the, you know, the, the, the purple herb and then juice and then just immediately climbs onto the table to drink it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 we're not even going to discuss this. Like you don't have anywhere near the field experience. Like, like this person, you could have kept the storyline basically the exact same because she had a romantic interest with T'Challa and therefore she would have had the same revenge arc, you know, character development thing if you'd wanted to um and i just didn't understand why shuri would be the natural pick for that because in a later fight scene she's fighting against kukulkan and i was like what kind of fighting training do you have you're the lab genius like why are you suddenly why how am i being asked to believe that you're gonna go toe-to-toe with this dude in a combat situation i just don't understand like like i'm not gonna believe that i could drink that purple juice and just suddenly be a badass fighter i I think that it just upgrades your strength and and speed and durability right yeah i I think i might have said that on the episode too i did not like uh that part of it either i thought nakia makes way more logical sense for her to be the black panther i also like lupita nyong'o as an actress like quite a lot and i think that she's a very strong performer and i think that seeing her don the suit would have been really cool i also think that storyline wise would have been interesting to introduce her with her son early on in the movie and then make it about her protecting her son like as the black panther or so you know what i mean then like namor coming for the kid to like take the kid from her and raise him in his own place or something like i just think that there's a better storyline that they could have done and instead it felt like they're like okay chadwick boseman dies how do we keep as much of this as possible and then just shift it to a different person you know and i i, I don't know i think it could have used a page Dude, one rewrite you could have kept you could have kept shuri as your main character even if you turned Nakia or whatever into the Black Panther she because she, the Black Panther at that point just kind of becomes more a 
you know, a symbol of the government instead of the head of the government itself or whatever, you know, where like, sure, he can still be the royalty and still be the queen, but does not go out and fight the crime, you know, in the way that they had done in, traditionally. And yeah. I just, you know, I just, I don't know. I thought that was a weird one. I just didn't understand why they were like, oh yeah, sure. He's the natural pick for this. And then no one even questions it. They're like, yeah, like she's obviously the choice. It's we're the not royalty, even going discuss right? the line. We're of, not even going to discuss the big Jabari guy, you know? It's the line anyway. of succession, right? That's the idea, yeah. I think. But yeah, so, I, anyway, I other than don't that, disagree with you on that. Other than that super cool movie, um, you know, I really enjoyed getting to see the, like the Mayan culture, um, introduction and, you know, getting to see them be badass warriors and the Kukulkan, you know, uh, Aquaman type guy was super fun. Yeah. Namor. Really good job with yeah. all that. Namor. What, you liked that character? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I thought his motivations yeah. for launching a war were kind of eh, but, you know, I thought he was a cool character, you know, super, like, he was just Aqua Thor in a way, you know, he's just got this, <laughs> he's just got this natural ability and he's just badass and, yeah. I, you know, I like that shit, so, um, I thought he was fun. Um, cool. Anything else? Anyway, um, Hogwarts Legacy is the other big one for me. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. How are you liking uh, it? Loving it. it is everything. I, I went in with very little expectation. I, I thought, um, you know, I'd heard some hype around it, seen some kind of cool gameplay stuff before the game came out. And then when I got, you know, or we didn't get it the first day and we were just seeing for like the first day or two of it being out, like, like almost unanimous positivity uh, from people who had played the game. And I was like, man, I don't think I've ever seen a game get this much positive review from people i will say for the listeners we are specifically talking about the game not the discussion going on around the game about yeah. uh rowling and any of that we're not interested in your thoughts on that we all agree that she's a terrible person but as far as just talking about this game positivity about the gameplay and the game itself game only game only so um the game itself is awesome, man. The graphics are cool. The 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 feel for the game is cool. The fact that it's an open world thing where they've allowed I you know, I guess I was thinking of being just Hogwarts, like you it's just open world but you're only in the castle, but they expanded it out to the greater countryside where you can go into the little villages and Hogsmeade is really cool. Like there's so much more to do. The Forbidden Forest. That's all. Hogsmeade is all part of the open world or is there like sort of a, you get to a barrier and it's like go to Hogsmeade and then it takes you to Hogsmeade. That's also, or is it like you literally you walk can, down a path you and can, it gets to Hogsmeade. The that. first time you go to Hogsmeade, you literally run from the castle to Hogsmeade on a wow. path. That's, that's um, a big map. Yeah, it's really cool. And like you don't really get to see a whole lot of that in between path stuff um in in either the movies or the books. Like some some little stuff happens, but not enough to really understand what it was like to actually go from the castle to the town. Um and it's that's not the only thing. Like there's a bunch of towns around that you, you know, I'd say like three or four different towns that you can go explore in the countryside. You can go walk into the Forbidden Forest. It's on your way to Hogsmeade. And you can go explore around in there, and there's all kinds of cool stuff you can do. Um, they really did a lot to open this up to be a um, Hogwarts and surrounding countryside experience. It's it's it really does give an open world vibe. It's not as big as like a Skyrim or a you know I don't know sure. Red Dead type game, but sure. it's big enough to to scratch that itch for me because like I'm okay with it being smaller because we're getting Hogwarts you know Harry Potter style content. Um, how do they I'll do this. with the, the staircases moving? Like, will you be like running up the staircases and then it just like all of a sudden shifts and you have to like change your direction um, or I think what happens is like, you'll be running and then, uh, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in that tower, but cause that only happens in Gryffindor tower. Oh, is that right? Uh, but yeah, yeah that's but I think right. what happens is like the staircase will reveal itself as you're approaching. Yeah. It. It's invisible um, until you get there and then the floor just appears underneath you. Yeah, so um, it's pretty cool. Jeff, are but you also playing? Of... Yeah, yeah, I play with my roommate. We're um, pretty far into the game at this point, at level yeah. twenty something. Um, oh, they're further than we are. I'm, I'm, my wife and I are both level seventeen, but we're like taking turns playing on the same console. So that's cool. Uh, there's no co-op play, right? It's all single player. That's Not great. yet. <clears throat> the, the The biggest tease in the game is you start off the game and immediately they they let you know after the first mission that Quidditch has been canceled for this year. Um, yeah, so I read about it. I think I sent you guys an article, but basically they were initially wanted to put Quidditch in, but then they were like, this is, we need to focus on 
we want to focus on the rest of the game rather than like this side game part and it's going to require so much man hours that I mean, we're just we're just canceling it my but roommate are in, in the agreement. coding that they uh that they initially had some stuff i guess sorry all they had to do was just port in literally the code ps2 for code, game the ps2 quidditch game <laughs> that's all i wanted just same graphics i don't care yeah i don't care if it's a humongous step back in pixels <laughs> same teams <laughs> well, yeah. you know it's it's funny you say that because it is the big glaring hole of the game is no quidditch and especially because they have so much reference to it that it's like if you weren't going to give it to me let's just act like it doesn't exist you fuckers (laughs) (laughs) don't remind me of something you've taken from me you literally you literally get a broom and then have to go do speed like race challenges in the quidditch pitch yeah and i'm like i hate you this is so frustrating to me (laughs) that there's not even like a rudimentary version that quidditch game. game was sick we spent a lot yeah, of hours awesome. for a few that years game. uh playing yeah. that game a hundred percent and it's like i EA? keep seeing stuff online about you know potential future dlc and then they came out yesterday and said no plans for dlc and i thought like just shut up like just yeah. let me imagine that you're working on it make ea quidditch again where's that hat make it great again yeah make- um yeah so that's a glaring hole but i'll just say this if sacrificing Quidditch is what it took to get to the level of quality that the rest of the game is. I'd say it was a sacrifice that um, I'm I'm not going to complain anymore about because the rest of the game, I have very few issues with it. It's super fun. They have made so much money and this game has been reviewed so positively that I just, I don't see them. I don't see, there's no way they're not going to make a sequel and there's no way that sequel is not going to have Quidditch because now they have the base level of all of this already designed honestly it's easy dlc for them you think so it's easy dlc for them to add that back into the game and charge everyone another 20 bucks it's so easy it's a huge cash grab for them yeah if they do add quidditch um i don't know i so i'm still rocking the ps4 uh and it is not coming out on ps4 until april so i uh I told Brian um, that I'm just gonna, I'm I'm waiting on buying a PS5 until I can get a used one for 200 bucks, or until Skate 4 comes out. And when Skate 4 comes out, if it's oh, that's when I have to buy the PS5. So once it gets to that, so whichever comes first, I guess. Um, Brian, anything else that you've been on besides those two? Nope, those are the two big ones for me right now. All right, I watched White Lotus season two. Uh, I think season one was better, but um, season two is very good. So for those who haven't been watching White Lotus, high high recommend. Very strong adult themes, things to consider about. It's not a family show, but very, very, very good. Um, And then I uh, downloaded some video games and have been spending some time playing video games because I've had some extra time. to myself over the last week and so i started playing darksiders i went and downloaded all three darksiders games uh, i know a fourth one came out recently i have not played it i did not download that one because it was not uh super cheap but darksiders is like this old ps3 game that i really liked the first one and then the other two came out during a period of time where i was just not playing games as much but they were all like it was 15 dollars for all three of them so i was like all right i'm doing it pulled the trigger bottom been enjoying that and then i also bought the uncharted series the drake collection or whatever so it's like the first three games it was 10 bucks for all three games so downloaded that i'm about halfway through game one holy cow is that port over from ps3 or ps2 whenever that game came over the the (laughs) the platforming you have to do like the controls are just a little bit wonky and they could i got stuck on a bit for like an hour just trying to jump from one you know you're doing the thing where you're hanging and you have to jump to the next thing that you're hanging on he just kept missing over and over and over again for an hour i had to pause and walk away because i was about to throw my controller through my tv i was so frustrated Um, uh uncharted thieves fortune is a ps3 launch title See, there you go. That's how old these are. Uh, wait, PS4 launch title. The first Nathan Drake game? Oh, yeah. The P- it- so that's the first one? Yeah. So, that, so it was PS3 then. Yeah. So 
the graph they up they did an upgrade 4k uh graphics cover so like textures all look really cool um you know it's it's really good graphics um i never played any of the other uncharted games but they're very well regarded so i was like for 10 bucks i get three games that's you know why not i remember like a good deal and i'm quite liking it um i remember tyler had a friend but i like it sorry sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you you're good i had a friend Uh, Tyler had a friend in high school who got the PS3 like the, when it first came out and brought it over to our house and played it on our TV. And I remember that was the first time that I'd seen anyone play a PS3 and they were playing that that same game. Who um, who was this? I don't remember that. Well, we'll talk about it after pod. <laughs> I don't want to dox anyone. First but yeah. name. Just give me a first name. Uh, I think his name was Alan. Oh, interesting. Okay. No, it was just he lived. He, uh, he lived near us, mm, up the know. street. Hmm. Something I don't I don't know I did have friends with both of those names uh, <laughs> and I may or may not have had a friend you who had it. both of those names. <laughs> you didn't have any friends. Yeah, I'm not gonna have you sit there and lie to me. All right, guys. Uh, so that's those are the two games I've been playing, and then yeah, White Lotus uh, was pretty much all I got around to uh, to watch recently. So those are my big uh, how to do. So thanks every oh. Uh, we never picked a new topic. I've got one. Okay. What's our overarching topic, Jeff? The overarching theme that'll connect the next three movies is going to be car chase films. Films that have car chases. Okay. And to start it off, I'm going to do the movie that is just one long car chase. Baby Driver? George Miller's oh, Mad Max. 2015 Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Cool. Finally, yeah, some actually, freaking good movies. Love this movie and have been wanting to rewatch it recently. Actually, I saw God. it uh, on. I thought you were going to make me watch Fast and the Furious Nine or something <laughs> stupid. Oh, that actually, that new one's coming out soon. We this might lead right up into no. it, and then that's no. what I'm going to pick. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, full, I'm fully out on this franchise. <laughs> uh, Brian out. and I actually talked about the trailer uh, last week um, when we weren't able nope. to record. I I'm full, am I'm fully out. That's my only thought. I'm all the after, way in. After Fast Five, I am so far out. It's not even funny. All right. Well, you just wait until I make you watch it for the podcast. I love upset someone. What's her name? Uh, Michelle Rodriguez says something in the new trailer where she's like, someone's really going to die this time. And I'm like, bitch, you've died like twice. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, join us next week for Mad Max Fury Road and Car Chase film series and uh yeah we'll see you then thanks everyone bye bye guys